0: You're listening to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, episode 130, featuring special guest, actor Tyler Joseph Ellis, one of my favorite people on TikTok. Let's get started. What's up, everyone? My name is Maggie Berra, and welcome to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, where I take you behind the scenes of the theater industry. The Actor Aesthetic Podcast is produced every single week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at actoraesthetic.com slash podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Actor Aesthetic, or join our Facebook group, The Actor Aesthetic Alliance. All links are in the show notes. Now, let's get on to the show. don't forget that the theatre industry is a business and it's all about branding and marketing. You can be the absolute best actor in the world, but if no one knows who you are and you don't know how to market yourself, what's the point? Learn how to easily define your brand and communicate it through websites, social media, headshots, resumes, postcards. And audition material by grabbing a copy of my ebook Marketing 101 for Actors, an Actor's Guide to Successful Branding. Simply go to actoraestheticcom shop to get your copy today. Hi friends, thanks for joining me this week for another episode of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast. It's Maggie. And here's the deal: very recently I held a poll on my Instagram at ActorAesthetic because I love TikTok, and I was curious of all of the theater TikTokers out there on that app, who would you like to hear from next on the Actor Aesthetic Podcast? In the past, we've had guests like Deanna Giulietti and JJ Neiman, and as the app continues to grow in popularity, more and more theater creators are taking to the app to continue getting creative with their art. Not only do I love consuming content on the app, I also created as well. So if you don't already follow me, go check me out at Maggie Barra on TikTok because I'm out there having a good time sharing my love of musical theater and Broadway with y'all, doing a couple of impressions of different Broadway stars. So if you need a good laugh and a little dose of Broadway in your life, check it out. But one of my all-time favorite creators on that app is Tyler Joseph Ellis. If you're on TikTok... And you love theater, chances are Tyler has shown up in some capacity on your For You page. His theater kid videos make me cackle, okay? They make me belly laugh. They are so funny and so niche, but so accurate to what we do as performers. He only just graduated college in 2020 amidst the pandemic from USC with a BA in theater and a minor in marketing, which we will talk about as well. But I want y'all to get to know him because I really have a feeling Tyler is going to be a household name. So without further ado, let's go ahead and sit back, relax, and enjoy our chat. Tyler! Tyler! Hello. I'm so thrilled. This is going to be a fun episode. I just feel I'm it. excited. I feel it in my bones. Um, so you're, you're out in Los Angeles, yes?
1: I am. I sure am. West yeah. Hollywood, the gayest place. Huh?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you grew up in, where'd you grow up? The Bay I grew up area? in the
1: Bay Area, yes. Yeah. So I'm a California girl through and through. Um, <laughs> grew up, but grew up in Northern California, so slightly different. Uh, the different cliche. Yeah.
0: Yes, seriously. Yeah. So um, how did you get involved in theater out there?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Um, I uh, was in when I was in fifth grade, our um, <laughs> our fifth grade <laughs> classes, I went to a, just a, the public school system in my town. But uh, for some reason in fifth grade. All the fifth grade classes did their own musical and uh, I did, well, our class was Robin Hood. The other class was Wizard of Oz, which I'm still not over because I would (laughs) have preferred that, but that's okay. And then um, the teacher, we didn't audition. We just had to like preference what roles we wanted. And I put the sheriff first because it was funny and I always loved making people laugh which I guess we'll get to. And then, um, but then my the, my teacher saw something in me and made me one of the two Robin Hoods. And the, <laughs> what do us theater people say? It's like, and that's when the bug bit me or like that's, <laughs> Like uh, okay. and but but the thing is, I was j- j- severely in the closet and was so scared that if I did any sort of theater in middle school that oh. it would like out me or that kind of thing. And and then mm. but once I got to high school, I made up for lost time and did every single show I could mm. and then did the programs and did all that um, shiz and then ended up going to <laughs> school for it and paying tens of hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> so
0: what awesome. was what was your like. What was your college audition experience like? Okay,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I decided (laughs) not to audition for schools. I only, I know, I was um, sort of... In high school, I'm sure so many people listening or went through or that have gone through sort of what the heck do I study in school have gone through this feeling where it's like, I know I'm good at other things too. I... I worked really hard in school. I um, was a pole vaulter. Like I did like random stuff in high school and considered myself somewhat well-rounded. And I thought, I was like, I'll major in English. I think that's the thing that everyone says. Like I'll major in English or I'll, ma- I'll double major in theater and education. Or just, I was so scared to just admit to myself that I wanted to study theater um, because ultimately that is a scary decision to make. Um, ultimately a very uplifting um, and cathartic one, but it's a scary one to make. So all throughout, I mean, we're getting into junior year and even the beginning of my senior year, I was like, is it? Is this exactly what I want to be doing? I know I don't want to be auditioning for schools because that makes me want to vomit. <laughs> so I, I will apply to schools that have really solid BA programs so I can study mm-hmm. something else if I wanted to. And, um, and the and there are plenty of amazing BA programs out there and liberal arts schools and really big universities as well. And, um, USC being one of them. And then I ended up <laughs> attending God. that school. So yeah. what was
0: your, so you knew then that you wanted to also pursue other mediums while also learning the, the performing arts aspect of things. Yeah. So what went behind your decision to also minor in marketing?
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, I um in school, in high school, I was like in student government and stuff, and I was always the person that like designed the posters for homecoming or, like, did that kind of thing. And it, because I sort of taught myself like amateur graphic design when I was younger, and I have a TikTok about how embarrassing some of those. <laughs> Are
0: you
1: know I saw saw. (laughs) it's really embarrassing. I oh my I uprooted those and I'm like there. So if you want to see some embarrassing little edits of me, feel free to check out my page. But yeah, I I got a big kick out of promoting the shows I was in. Or I mean, like um, I did a I directed a production of Title of Show in high school, and I was also in it. Because I'm a narcissist. And <laughs> and like I had so much fun designing the poster and and getting people to come to the show. I was always into that. And um I sort of come from a businessy family. So I was like, I think there's something in there for me. And when I ended up choosing USC, they have an incredible business school. So I was like, I'll just minor in marketing. I declared it the second I got there. And it was one of the best decisions I ever made. It got me, I mean, most of the internships I got, though they were in entertainment, sort of the minor sort of supplemented my my applications and stuff. So it ended up being a, and and I also did, I was in a a student theater company all four years called musical theater repertory Mm -hmm. at USC. And, um, I was a PR, I was the PR person for an entire year there. And I always loved sort of getting people to see the shows. So I, my brain sort of works that way. I think all actors sort of have to have a marketing brain. They need to tell themselves in some way, shape or form. So yeah.
0: I love that. I yeah. wish I did that in college. <laughs> I, yeah. I the, the last few years, my, my last semester that I had in college, you know, like I'd gotten through all of my BFA credits, everything. Yes. I was like yes. pretty much done. And I went mm-hmm. in with so many credits and, um, I started taking classes on like digital and online media and the history yes. of mass media, yes. like things and things that, that really made me happy and like made me yes. really intrigued and I think that's so smart that you also pursued that now talk to me about you said you had a couple of internships as well yes
1: oh my gosh yes yeah um uh, at <laughs> and yeah. at USC um they sort of helm themselves, it's like, well, we're a big university, (laughs) we're also in the major, a major city. So that that comes with like, okay, so at any moment where you have free time, you could be doing something in the greater Los Angeles area, and you could be taking advantage of that. So it was sort of drilled into me um, more by just myself than the school, but that I was like, I should be doing internships every summer. Um, so I, my first internship, if you can call it that was, I worked for actor Alan Cumming for a summer. Wow. I was sort of one of his personal, um, assistants and, um, that was just a hoot and a half. You can imagine. I mean, <laughs> yes. and I ended up directing cabaret the year after at, uh, USC. So, and I sort of had known that when I was working for him. So it was just so cool hearing all his anecdotes and stuff and, um, and directing and like directing the show that he won the Tony for. Mm -hmm. Um, And then uh, I also worked for New York musical festival, which um, is no longer, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, but I worked there in in 2018. I was a marketing person there. Mm -hmm. And then um, my, for the entire calendar year. So not just the summer I worked at um, Walt Disney studios. So I was working at Disney in their field marketing department and working on their film slate So, and I got to like work on Avengers Endgame and like Mary Poppins and The Lion King. And it was just, so I went to all the premieres and because that was sort of my my, uh, path for the field marketing. I had to invite all the fans and take care of them when they were at the premieres and that kind of thing. So I somehow got to weasel my way into just some incredible... Um, groups of people. I mean, like seeing like the great, I mean, Beyonce touched my shoulder (laughs) famous at the Lion King premiere. So I was like, and the entire time I was thinking like, thank God, my freshman self just decided to like minor in this thing because it ultimately made me competitive against these um, business majors that were going up for the uh, but the thing about theater people, as you know, is that we can do a mean interview <laughs> and, and you, we do use our skills that we learn, whether it be empathy or reading body language or uh, like assessing the room. We use that every day. And I don't think enough people talk about that because, sure, if you don't end up doing theater after you graduate school and even if you studied it, it's, um, you're going to use those skills forever. And uh, I use them every day.
0: How do you feel as though, like, your your marketing background um, can also transition to the theater world? Like, why do you think, I, I'm all for this. I literally yes. wrote a book, like, an ebook, about this. I oh my God, love, go uh-huh. Like, marketing <laughs> for actors is so important because yes. I believe, you know, you can be the best actor in the world. But if no one knows who you are, Precisely. like, yes. what what... What do you do? Um, so, what kind of things have you learned along the way that you think that you can translate to the theater world as being a performer, director, yes. anything?
1: Excellent, excellent question. Um, getting me these awesome questions <laughs> this morning. Um, I, that, I mean, I think about this all the time because. I do think there are a lot of parallels between the two. One is understanding that you as an actor, um, you're a brand. um, And that sounds really sterile, but that's not true. It's very alive and actually very exciting. Is that because when you walk into an audition room, you not only have to (laughs) do your monologue or sing well or read the sides and, and be personable, but you have to under like you not go through the room and, and, and make it, you know, how people are like, yeah. take the room. I'm like, I don't think that's the best advice. You could <laughs> I'm like, take it's yours. Um, <laughs> but understanding that, um, it, it, it helps at least with me with the, um, sort of thinking a uh, big picture because mm-hmm. acting and performing is a lot of rejection. But when you think about yourself as a brand, every single one of those auditions are not for nothing. They're in fact little by little building your brand with Mm -hmm. the people behind the table. So when they see you the fourth, fifth time, they know exactly what to expect from you, that you always, um, are, you have a smile on your face and, um, you always have really good conversation. You always like make the, make everyone feel good in the room. Um, or you could ultimately be developing a bad brand without you knowing it if, if mm-hmm. you're sassy or that kind of thing. And, and all of those build up. Every single interaction you have with any sort of industry professional is – important. And I just think, um, then auditions feel less like, Oh my God, if I don't get this, it's such a waste of time and more like, Oh, how cool is it that I got the opportunity to meet these people that I'll most likely meet again, because you will be seeing the same faces over and over. And if you think of yourself as a brand, I think you'll, you'll treat every interaction you have with a little bit more professionalism just because you're referring, you're taking yourself and sort of stepping outside of yourself for a second. So that's just all what marketing is about, making sure that consistent um, advertising the goods, essentially, just keeping everything consistent so people, when they do know your name, know exactly what to expect from you. Um, And I think that is sort of how they intertwine.
0: Which is, which brings me to TikTok because- yes. I love okay I belly laugh watching your videos okay I literally cackle I think they are so you get this all the time I'm sure but I swear to god like they're some of my favorite parts to my day because I think that you just do such a good job at at like bringing this like niche world that we live Mm -hmm. in to life and just it's just so ridiculous right like this life that we live it's it's ridiculous um so number one talk to me about like I imagine you probably, when did you download the app? Like just last year?
1: Yeah, I downloaded the app um, I probably almost exactly a year ago, um, maybe a skosh more than a year ago. I, um, <laughs> I, I auditioned. <laughs> Help. <laughs> um, I downloaded the app uh, in mid-March of last okay. year. So right in the beginning of the pandemic, I went back home to the Bay Area for like a month uh, yeah. and my sister I, my sister's like, don't download it because like, <laughs> we we're so anti TikTok at this point, point. and we we're like, oh my god, like that app for children, and then um, ended up downloading it just out of sheer boredom. Mm-hmm. And my first TikTok is me recording my sister being like, my first TikTok. TikTok. She's like, no, like it's uh, it was such a bit when I first when I first downloaded it, but yeah, it was um, mid March of last year, so it's been over a year now, which is ridiculous
0: i was literally about to ask like what was that first tiktok for you i (laughs) it's always so entertaining to see like where people started oh yeah to where yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay that theater bitch yes who is she who is she to you Why is she everything she, to me? Like, yeah, scholars will
1: her. be scholars will be talking about this for years to come. <laughs> um, no, no, I, I, so theater bitch, uh, that theater bitch. Um, I've made so many videos with her at this point, and I. It all began with me um, in my apartment, in, uh, or not? I lived in a house in L.A. with um, a group of guys, and I was still finish, finishing up my degree at USC. And I just felt so, and I was um, two days away from opening a professional production of Passion, Stephen Sondheim and James Pine's Passion um, in Pasadena when the pandemic hit. So we were in previews already and it was like, Oh, I just felt so creatively stifled um, during the pandemic, as I'm sure many, many did. And I was sort of futzing around with different fun videos to post. And I began to understand on TikTok that the theater niche I should lean into because that is ultimately... What I will be, I will resonate more with the theater people, um, because that's what I spend most of my time doing, thinking about, etc. So I just made this character, um, which is very, which is of course is very like Rachel Berry e, but also, um, just if you're anyone who's in theater has, sees little snippets of this sort of behavior, the. Um, the sort of just really snarky, full of themselves, regardless of their talent level. Um, like the more education you have, the more obscure song you have in your book. Like it, it, it's sort of the the surface level. Like okay, the classic you can point to that cliche. And then I posted my second one, which did even better, which was the one where it's like, oh, I broke into the Lincoln Center archives to get the sheet music, like sort of thing. So and and that was one that like Natalie Weiss commented on, and I was like, oh my god, look at these people commenting, and it just I knew from then on out, I was like, this has legs. We'll see how, how well this does. And I thank God has had chosen a very easy costume with this pink bandana and a shirt. I was like, great. Okay. Easy. I can, because guess I can travel with it. I can do whatever. <laughs> and so, for the months to come on top of other videos and other video, videos, video ideas, I would just keep this girl going. And I still do. And I have a running document on my phone. Like anytime I think of any sort of theater related Preach. thing. I'm like, okay, this is what like well, she ha- she can make fun of this next time or um you know, her and I have some weird ones and they get weirder and weirder because they get <laughs> either more niche and more niche or more extreme. Like I just did a torture video <laughs> for- torturing someone by making them watch um Russell Crowe singing stars. <laughs> Um, and I, and I'm like, sure. Like, because ultimately that's what I would think is so funny. If that came up on my For You page, I, Tyler, would think that is the most hilarious thing. (laughs) So that's, so the fact that you, a theater person, and, um, think it's funny, that, that's all I care about. If I can make us starved theater people right now smile during this time, I mean, that is ultimately... The goal, And we can get caught up in views and stuff, creators. Um, but if I can really allow myself to take a step back and, and read some of those comments, being like, this really made my day, I needed this today, this really made me laugh, then I'm like, that is what this is about. And I shouldn't get so caught up in all the hullabaloo of views and Breach. followers, you know
0: what is the process to making them? Like, mm-hmm. do you, is it more like, um, you have an idea, you write it down, you have this list on your phone, which I literally can see you just like having this list, little like note so section on your app on your phone. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like little like bullet points. Um, mm. What do you do then? How do you make it? Is it more improv-based? Do you, Are you literally writing these the, this stuff out?
1: Yes. Um, it depends, video yeah. to video. Yeah. Sometimes I um, will have a video drafted. For example, that torture video, I've actually had written for several months, but I just never filmed it. Um, I was like, I, I'd never filmed because it seemed too crazy, but now that it's been going on for so long, I'm like, you know what, anything's fair game here. And I was just sort of like a screw it mentality, but some of them, I'm like, this is such a good idea. I have to make this today. Like I, sometimes I get inspired to do uh, some sort of like, um, those ones where the dressing room is my background, those ones do really well for some, cause I, cause I've sort of found a formula for those. So whenever I have a really good idea or, um, uh, for like, oh, what if they? What if the high school was doing? Anything goes. What if the high school is doing that kind of thing? Then I can, um, because I have such a vast knowledge of stupid (laughs) theater-related things, I I nerd out about cast albums and obscure theater references. So if I pick a show, also with the the Theater Bitch Mom videos where where she's in the car, if I can just nail down, like, oh, they're doing Into the Woods, then a lot of my jokes will fall into place because I'm like, okay, um... (laughs) Let's see. Like Jack's mom says no less than five pounds. I'm like, oh, I'll say like you can lose no less than five pounds, like (laughs) as an insult. But the ones in the car are very improv based. I sit in my car for a half hour. I have a half hour of content and just improv My phone, whereas the other ones that, especially if I use a green screen background and I'm filming it on the app itself, it has to be pretty scripted or else, like, I'll constantly run out of time. So, it is a little bit of a science. Um, Hmm. but I do get uh, it that feeling when I know a video is good, um, and is funny and makes me laugh when I watch it by myself, then I'm like, I'm so excited to put this into the world. Um and that's and it sucks because sometimes they don't do well just yeah. due to the algorithm and stuff and I just have to remind myself that feeling prior to posting it I'm like I was so proud of this so don't let like outside um source outside sources outside forces um mm. make me feel any um less good about it because I think it's funny you know and
0: sometimes the best videos are the ones that are really timely like I yeah. love your yes. the um the one that you just posted was it Rand Paul the yes it was Rand Paul.
1: <laughs> Grandpa saying that wearing masks when you're vaccinated is theater. (laughs) My friend Austin, my friend Austin Kurkowski was like, We have to do something with this. And I'm like yeah yeah we do and so he's like what if we wrote a song and I was like that is an amazing idea I have my friend Austin's a brilliant musician and he was just sort of he got back to me he's like why don't we just do it to the tune of Disappear from Dear Evan Hansen and I was like absolutely absolutely so um, that was sort of a uh, little that like took a few days to make uh, and but that one for example didn't do super well I mean it has like less than 60,000 views um, and I know for <laughs> like the average person that's not a lot and that's totally cool, and I totally understand that. But that video, I was so ready for it to really pop off. Cause I was like, <laughs>
0: like,
1: yes, this is that like so is timely TikTok and fun. For you. But that's TikTok, mm-hmm. and the one I freaking just posted—that's not theater-related at all—with my like boom snap clap the boom snap clap. Yes. Like, I posted that. It has like seven hundred thousand views. I'm like. I put (laughs) negative energy into this video. It's just, it's always
0: how it works. It's how it
1: works. Mm -hmm. And, um, my friend, Chris, Chris Olson, who's huge on TikTok, Mm -hmm. is always telling me, he's like, you need to just post like you don't care. And Mm -hmm. I'm
0: like, no, but I care.
1: And then I post this video and sure enough, it does. It's always the
0: videos that are less curated, less edited. It always is. And that it's, it's cool because it's, it's showing like where social media is trending. It's hundred percent Trending more towards the less curated things. Like, yeah. you know, Instagram used to be so different just a couple of years yes. ago. Yes. And now it's becoming more authentic, which I think is yeah. really cool. It so, is really cool. Speaking of authentic. Yes. <laughs> we love a segue. Um, <laughs> That's good. Okay. So one of my all-time favorite videos or sequences that you do on TikTok yeah. are your, I like to call them your Your like step touch story (gasps) time videos.
1: Yes. Step How the snap. hell did
0: you come up with that? Like, what I need to know? Like, because there, I seriously cackle. Like, oh my God, of all the videos. You. Mm-hmm.
1: Thank you. I um yes. Uh, <laughs> just I, I take embarrassing stories that have happened to me, and then I tell them without blinking into the camera while stepping and snapping and like laughing really maniacally. And I d- think it began with I had no I, I some some weeks I'm like I have five ideas in my notes that are all amazing. And I'm like, and I feel like uh, the king of the world because I'm like, I will just make these five that I've already um, come up with. But some weeks and some days I am staring at my phone waiting for an idea to come to me. And that was one of those days I was, I think talking about how I want to say the first time I did it, I was talking about how I was a theater major and how um, it's so funny watching some of my friends like get degrees in like in science and biomedical engineering and that kind of thing. And then talking about how I was in, and then saying that, well, I was in a production of Heather's where the one night the AC stopped working and like everyone in the theater was super sweaty. And like, it was just sort of a, you know, like I'll just tell this sort of embarrassing story about me while like doing this sort of crazy thing. And that did really well. It, it um, that video did well. So I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, there's No bells and whistles. In fact, it's one take, but people loved how creepy it was. And it's like, I can't stop watching because you're so creepy. And I'm like, thank you. Uh, so I just never stopped. So whenever I remember an embarrassing story about me, I'm like, is there a way I can tell it in a minute? And is there like a way that I can make it creepier just by staring deeply into the camera? And so I've been, do- I've done several of those at this point and they're sort of hit or miss. Like sometimes they do well. Like when I talk about my bird calling experience,
0: oh, the bird Oh, like
1: the bird call, I, that one of course did really well because the story is so great, but then other ones don't do as well, but I have so much fun making them. I don't really care. I'm like, I, and I love sort of airing my dirty laundry and all my embarrassing stories. I think mm. it's cathartic. That's the nature
0: stuff. of it though. It's very similar to like SNL. Like you see all these videos and you're like, sometimes they're just so outlandish and you can't connect. And sometimes they're so outlandish and they're the, some of the funniest and things you've ever seen.
1: hundred percent. And I think yeah. if thinking of, um, because I do a lot of like, I sort of consider my account more of a sketch comedy yeah. account or character account. Um, it's, you just got to remember that it like with SNL, like not everything can be, can resonate with hundreds of thousands of people. And that is totally mm. cool with me. Um, and when, when it does, it does. And I think that is a great feeling. So. Mm. No complaints.
0: So word on the street is that you are <laughs> Stephen Sondheim's biggest fan of all time. Oh
1: yes, is this true? <laughs> <on the> <laughs> um, I don't know who told you this. I'm going to call my lawyer. Um, no, I am a huge, like a huge Stephen Sondheim fan to an annoying point, and I'm the first to to admit that it's. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, starting in high school, I um did a uh, I was doing my high school shows, but then I also started doing a community theater called Youth Musical Theater Company, or YMTC, which is sort of the greater Bay area. And they do really, they put on some, some killer shows. And I uh, was in a production of Town and they were doing Sunday in the Park with George right after you in town and I auditioned for it but I decided to do my high school production of Anything Goes instead and um, <laughs> with regret and uh, it was sort of through during your town that I figured out who the hell Stephen Sondheim was and sort of fell in love with company first yeah. then sort of went down the rabbit hole Sunday in the Park with George when they were producing it. and I saw their production like 3 times I couldn't stop watching the pro shot and it just sort of was a huge snowball effect and i began to as soon as i was wore out one of his shows like company i had watched so many freaking times it's time for sunday as soon as what if I had to just like re sort of acquaint myself, went into, into the woods, and then I had like a whoa well, my god, like into the woods is amazing. Why did I ever think it wasn't amazing? And then it just sort of years and then I years and years of just learning everything I could about him and um just nerding out about him.
0: What about his work do you admire the most? Would you say, oh my goodness,
1: I mean, his lyricism, yeah, and ha- how intentional he is. I mean, with um with his music and his lyrics, um, because he is a composer. And I think a lot of people just admire his lyrics and I'm like his music. I mean, some of those melodies, I mean, send in the clowns was like one of the biggest songs just in general. I mean, all the greats sort of released it, but, um, I I, it's, he's deliberate. He, he, he does. And he understands how an actor thinks, which I really appreciate. Like if you ask any actor what their favorite musical theater, um, style to perform it they'll often say Sondheim because it is for actor musicians and the reason it's so difficult to learn is because it's it's finite and precise. And then once it's in your body, it all makes sense. You're like, the reason that they're going like up a crazy chromatic on this part is because they're unsure or because they're upset or like, it just, it can all be um brought back down to like an actor's intention. And you just look at shows right now, which are often about the belts and just like, just crazy poppy yeah. tunes and the lyrics don't really matter. And, um, it, but that's okay. And no one really cares. It, it just it kind of hurts my soul a little bit because <laughs> I am like oh, how did we get here like this is so also, I mean popular music um does change that's why it's why it's called pop music but um it, it it does make me yearn for a musical styling not even a styling just a more it just feels like a more elbow grease is put into the work um and it just feels like with all of his shows it it just seems like he really slaved away to make sure that um, everything was clear. And with him, and he's constantly re- revisiting his work. I mean, look at the company revival, and there's lyric changes, and it just he was he's always tweaking if he can. And merrily we roll along. It's had like eight drafts, and I just like so love that just because a work ha- is done it, for him, it doesn't really mean that. So that's a, my long-winded answer to that question.
0: <laughs> is there, because I know you direct as well, is there? Yes. Is there a show of his that you are dying to oh, get your hands on? Oh my
1: God, <laughs> asking the real questions this morning. I... <laughs> The show I am dying to direct is *Merrily We Roll Along*. Yeah. I um, that's a show that I uh, die. I really want to be in, obviously, and I want to be in the movie so bad. And every single time I have the opportunity, I'm trying to manifest myself. There's a character named Tyler in that show, and I'm like, just put me in the movie as Tyler. Like, it's a m- minor role, but like, put me in. My name is already Tyler, but um, <laughs> that but but I have I don't see myself playing a lot of those roles, and, and obviously, and I'm older um but and maybe i'll like find my footing as a charlie or as a as a frank but I um my dream of going into school I was like I will direct a student production of Merrily Roll Along because I just think that's uh directors love that piece because no one has really been able to make it work um through a like an objective lens like people who love Merrily will love Merrily but um I was I think like that's why so many directors love to direct Sideshow it's like how do I make Sideshow work or how do I make Merrily work so um I think it's just sort of my uh my naivete being like, Oh, I really want to tackle this show. That's really confusing and sometimes doesn't work. And Bobby and Jackie and Jack is like the lull of the show. Like, how do I make that interesting? And so for my senior, I had a senior sort of not thesis, but a final project in the class. And it was a sort of crafting an -hmm. entire immersive production to merrily roll along that would cost millions of dollars. Oh my God. (laughs) Millions. (laughs) It's like, it's like, so it's like 30 slides of like me figuring out like how to make merrily work. But Um, unfortunately when I got to school, they had just done it like four years earlier and everyone was like, no, we just did that show. And I'm like, damn. So I got to direct cabaret and spelling bee, which are both of course, great shows as well. So
0: I guess my last, I I could talk to you for days, but my last (laughs) question for you, I literally could. My last question for you is, is, is there a piece of advice that you would give to young Tyler? Let's say he's like, I don't know. I mean, you said you started, when did you start? Performing? I like started
1: really doing it in high school, like okay. really when I was like fourteen.
0: What what would you say to to fourteen year old Tyler about the oh. industry? What do you think? Um,
1: that the and I mean this. I mean I think this is the piece of advice that when I hear people I admire answer this question, that's often what they say is that the sooner you can figure out what makes you different and and what makes you unique. You different and unique, who knew? Synonyms. Um, then you can then you can begin to figure out like and begin you can then bring yourself to every character you you play, yourself into the room. you because that's any anytime I've booked something, I'm like, I really think I showed my best self. And people respond to that. When you're trying to stuff yourself into a, an archetype, or like if in, for example, in a in a BA or BFA program, it's like, mm-hmm. you're the ingenue You're the, the people are like, got it. So I this is the box that I should fit in. And like maybe I don't quite fit into it, but I'm gonna try my damnedest to make sure I do. Mm-hmm. Then it's just you won't come off as authentic. and You won't come off, um, you'll feel stiff and you see it happen. I mean, I've directed only a few things, but you see that happen when someone or is, is trying to mimic the cast album or someone mm. is trying to come in and be like, I'm Megan Hilty. And I'm like, your voice is more of a Kelly O'Hara. So like, why are you doing that? Um, so like, come on. So just the sooner, of course, the sooner you figure out like how your voice sounds without you trying to mimic someone else, I think we don't talk enough about how a lot of, a lot of, the ways we learn to sing is by listening to the people we admire and then trying to mimic them. So that takes some unlearning, um, but also just your essence. And like when I really leaned into, like, I'm not a straight man, <laughs> like that is okay. Like I don't need to come in and code switch and be like, "Hey, my name is Tyler Joseph Ellis." Uh, today I'll be auditioning for Cliff and Cabaret. Like, like why? Like that's not that's not compelling. Yeah. And and people smell it, um, the sort of inauthenticity. So. The more I found out, I'm like, I love making people laugh, even in material that is dramatic. Like, so I'll come in and and if someone is doing this monologue that is like so dramatic, I know that the way that'll read on me is like almost laughing at myself and how um I've gotten to rock bottom, that kind of thing. And then mm. you find your in, because that's how you would react. So just the more in tune you can be with yourself and your essence and how you work and how you um Uh, respond to the world, the better you'll be um, in any sort of audition room or otherwise. If if you're a freaking CEO and you know yourself well, and you're not trying to please other people all the time um, by like changing yourself and adapting based on who you're with, then you'll just be a happier person. And people will respect you for being, again, consistent with your brand as a person, because you know who you are. You're not trying to you know, but I'm of course saying this, but I could also take some of my own advice because you—it's—it's yeah. it's a life long journey to become your most to your core authentic self. But start that work now, is what I would tell my 14 year old self. Yeah. Be like, okay, so you're out of the closet, y'all. <laughs> <Cool. laughs> you just came out. Congrats! Like now, let's start figuring out like what what that means for you. Now that that floodgate is open, like, can you live a little bit more authentically? To took a second.